Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning. My name is Sean Crane, uh, like Mark said, and I'm here with my friend Carol and Ginger, and we are just so happy to welcome you. And we know that not everyone in the room today is a mother, and so we believe we're going to have some things to share that are going to apply to you no matter what. But specifically today, we want to talk to those of you that are Christ followers, because we believe in the scripture, we're given some very clear directors on how our life should look because of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And specifically, we're given a list of what we call the fruits of the Spirit. And as a Christ follower, when people look at my life, they should see things about me. And one of those things is joy. And we want to talk today about what does that really mean and how can we really achieve that? So as Mark mentioned, Carol is known as the positive lady. And just a one-minute conversation with her, and I promise you that will become very evident. She is filled with joy. And so she's going to share with us today about that. But I thought, Carol, maybe the first thing we should establish is what is actually joy, a true definition, and even maybe what it isn't. I, I think that's a good question it, to define joy. Uh, we want to do want to look at what is what joy is not. Uh, often we think of joy and happiness as the same thing, but truly happiness is based on happenings. In fact, the same root word, happenings. And so when we experience happiness, we are experiencing an emotion of um, uh, happiness uh, according to our circumstances. The opposite of happiness would be sadness. But the interesting thing about joy is that joy is something deeper we can actually have joy even in sadness. We need, we need to experience both happiness and sadness. But joy is something that is based on an element that is unchangeable. Joy is based on the fact that God loves us, that he has created us, and that he's always at work. Joy and hope are intermingled together. And when we are experiencing joy, we are experiencing something of the hope that God gives. You know, I think about when uh, James wrote, consider it pure joy when you face trials. So we can have joy even in trials. In Romans, we read that we should rejoice in our sufferings. So there's joy even when we suffer. So joy is a unique wellspring of delight deep within, not based on our circumstances. Now, last week, those of you that were able to join us, we were talking about the movie Shang-Chi. And from that, we looked at how people experience grief and loss. And Mark really laid out for us some unhealthy ways, but also some really healthy ways. And Carol, you were able to share with me, I thought, a very personal yet powerful story about uh, when you lost your mother and just how you were able to find joy in that. Would you share that with our audience? 
Yes, yes, because grief is a very important part of our experience in life, and we never want to gloss over grief. But the unique thing about joy is that we can experience it in the midst. My mom was a, one of those moms that just would uh, bring delight to my life. She, she was always calling and asking if she could watch the grandkids. I remember one time she snuck over to my house while I was working one day, and she cleaned my entire house. She just had this servant's heart. One day she showed up at my door, and she had uh, cookie sheets cookie sheets and she brought them over and she said, hey, I just found these. These are guaranteed not to burn cookies. And I thought, why did she think I needed those? But nonetheless, she, she brought those over to me. And I remember shutting the door that day and thinking, what would I do without my mom? Several days later, I was preparing to um, teach a neighborhood Bible study, and I knew that on that very day, my mom was also going to be teaching BSF in, uh, in North Dallas. And um, early that morning, we got a phone call, and it was a little too early to be a normal phone call. So when my husband answered the phone, um, I could tell there was something wrong. And uh, it was a family friend who called to say that um, we needed to come quickly, that my mom had been in an accident. She had been hit by a car while she was out for a walk. Well, I thought, well, I know where she walks. This can't be more than a broken leg. I'm sure she's fine, but I'll call BSF and let them know she won't be teaching today, but, but I'm sure this is fine. So my husband goes off and, and goes to the location, and I, I stayed to help the kids get, get um, to a place, and uh, this was actually before we all had cell phones. Um, I know, kids, that you're thinking that, was there a time that went before cell phones? Yes, this was a time before we all had cell phones, but uh, I got in my car and I went to the location where my mom had been hit, and I I saw police officers directing traffic, but I didn't see my mom, and I thought this is odd. I asked the police officers, "Where where's the lady that was the, the that was in the accident?" And they said, "Well, ma'am, she's been taken down to Baylor Hospital." I said, Baylor Hospital? That's way downtown. Why did they take her there? And, and they said, well, well, ma'am, that's where the trauma unit is. The trauma unit? Why, why did they take her to the trauma unit? And they said, well, ma'am, we can't tell you that, but you just need to get, get down there. Well, now I'm a little concerned. And I begin driving and I begin praying. I prayed a faith prayer right there. Lord, please, please help me find my husband in rush hour traffic because I don't even know how to get down to Baylor Hospital. Lord, please help me. Please help my mom. Please help. I don't know what to do. And so I began driving and I look ahead and sure enough, I see my husband's car. That was the first miracle. I rushed around got behind my husband, honked, and he pulled over, and I pulled over, and, and I jumped in his car, and we began zooming down to, to, to Baylor Hospital. We prayed together. We prayed that God would protect my mom, that God would help the doctors. We prayed that, that, that she wouldn't um, experience any lasting disabilities. She always, she never wanted to be a burden to anyone. And so, so I just prayed that, that God would just help her not, not to have anything lasting that would, lasting disabilities. She, she, she just, she had such a kind and tender heart. I, I just prayed for the doctors. 
after we finished praying, I, I looked at my husband's car, and in the back seat, there was a Bible. And of course, when I grabbed the Bible, I thought, I've got to find verses of comfort. So of course, I went to the Psalms, Psalms directly. Where, where are we going to find verses of comfort? As I began looking for verses of comfort, every verse I came to said something about being in the presence of God, the joy of entering his gates. Finally, I came to verse, I kept looking for verses of comfort, and I kept saying, no, 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 Lord, Lord, verses of comfort, verses of comfort. But every verse was about the joy of being in his presence. In fact, the beautiful verse that has stuck with my husband and I, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. When I read that verse, I was almost afraid to say it out loud, but I said to my husband, I think God is trying to tell us that mother has died. And my husband said, well, Carol, we've got to be ready for that possibility. I thought, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, 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 no. I kept looking for verses of comfort, asking the Lord for verses of comfort. But all he kept leading me to were verses about the joy of being in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. When we arrived at the hospital, I was still holding out hope for a broken leg, but the Lord had prepared my heart for the joy of heaven. And when we arrived at the hospital, my family friend was standing there, just shaking his head, saying, she didn't make it. In that moment, Grief immediately started to fill my heart and my lungs. But there was a deeper sense of joy as well because I knew where she was. I knew God's promises were true. I knew that God so faithfully had prepared me through his word to show me that there is something much greater than this life, that being in his presence was fullness of joy. So in the midst of the grief, there was this under, underlying wellspring of joy, even in the midst of our deep sadness. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think maybe if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, this probably sounds very, very strange. If you are a Christ follower, maybe some of that really resonated with your heart and that is maybe a bit of an extreme example uh, for some of you if you haven't experienced loss. But I also, Ginger, I wanted to talk to you because uh, through our conversations, I understand how Carol has impacted your life. And I wondered if you could share with us even on more maybe of a day-to-day -day level of what that joy has looked like for you. Great. Well, Carol, thank you for sharing that. I'm in tears up here, so I'm sorry if my mascara is smearing. Um, yeah, so... Back in 2011, Mark and I were still living in our hometown in San Angelo, and we were out um, in the bookstore one day, and at that time, our kids were probably between the ages of two and nine, and, you know, they're in school, they're having other people influence their lives, teachers, friends, things like that, and we were just at a season in our life to where I thought, wow, I need to 
pour into them a little bit more. I need to um, help them discover, you know, truths and what do I want them to learn. And so we were in the bookstore, and I just happened to look at this book that was on the shelf, and, shelf, and it, said, it was The Power of a Positive Mom. And I was like, huh, I wonder what this is. And so I pulled it off the shelf, and I read kind of the introductory paragraph, and I was hooked. It says, Dear Lord, so far today, I'm doing pretty well. I haven't screamed at the kids or thrown anything in a burst of anger. I have not grumbled or gossiped or whined. I haven't been greedy or self-centered. I have not yet changed, charged anything to their credit card, and I haven't picked out on the chocolate cake in the refrigerator. However, in a few minutes, I will be getting out of bed, and I'm going to need your help to make it through the rest of the day. Amen. And I thought, okay, i got to buy this book. Yep. So that's how I got uh, hooked up with Carol through the book, and I took her book and got a couple of more. And I wish I could have found them. They're in a box somewhere in my house. But I had so many tabs sticking out of just the truths of how to be a positive person. It wasn't I wanted to, to make my kids positive people, but I wanted to influence them in a way that whatever I was speaking, it had a positive impact and not just constantly focus on the negative. And so that's kind of how I got hooked up with Carol. And, you know, so 11 years later, here we sit. <laughs> Awesome. Now, we do want to acknowledge that today is Mother's Day, and so Carol has brought along a few of her books, and we're going to give them away um, as prizes. And I um, grew up in the church, and I've been to a lot of Mother's Days um, at the church, and I am not about to ask for the oldest mom, so don't worry, okay? Because I just think that is... Listen, I think we all know a man decided that, right? Okay, I'm just saying. But Mark is going to help me. So here we're going to do a little bit of fun. So the first book we're going to give away, I am going to ask for the mom that had to travel the farthest to be here this morning. So do I have anybody that came maybe this weekend from out of state? Would you stand? Anybody out of state? I've got one, two. Okay, could you tell me what state you came from? Illinois. Oh, California. All right. Did I miss it? All right. I think California is my winner, Mark. Thank you. Good job. All right. The next one I am going to give away. Now, again, this is not your age. Do not divulge. But does anyone have a birthday today? Any moms here today with a birthday? What about this week. Anybody having a birthday this week? Stand up, stand up and tell us, all right, what day? May 6th? May 3rd. All right, May 6th, closest birthday. All right. Oh, I missed one. I'm sorry. When's yours? May 6th. Ah. And, oh, okay. I May 2nd. All right. So I still think we have a May 6th. And a May 6th, right? Okay, awesome. Did you give that one away too? Oh, thank you. That was very kind. All right, so then that means we have one more. Now, this one, you're going to need your purse. And I'm looking for a mom that has a Target receipt in their purse. That is the epitome of mom shopping in my mind. Any Target receipts? A Target gift card? 
Yeah, we'll take it. Target gift card right there. Yeah, good job. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. We hope you enjoy those books and are very encouraged by Carol. So we want to uh, shift just a little bit for this next part um, and talk about maybe some practical ways to prepare heart. Because what struck me about Carol's story in losing her mom, it wasn't like she got to the hospital and then she was like, oh, I need to find a source of joy. She had prepared herself through, a, through Bible study, through surrounding herself with other believers, through her time spent with God, she had to build a foundation of that so that when that trauma came and the loss of her mom, she was ready. It doesn't just happen magically. We have to prepare ourselves for that. And so what we want to talk about for just a minute are some practical, real-life ways that we can prepare our hearts and minds and kind of build up. You talked about like a wellspring of of joys. Well, how do we get that? Where does that start from? So, Carol, um, here at LifePoint, we believe the Bible gives very clear instructions for how to live, and I know you're a, a woman of the Word. So, I wondered if you might just share some scripture and some of the learning you have of how we develop a sense of joy. I, I think that even memorizing scripture is, is a, good, a good start. And don't worry if you're thinking, but I can't do it. I bet you can memorize this verse. This is a verse that says so much, but it's very short. And it's not Jesus' whip, okay? It's like that. <laughs> Which does show that we should have emotions both sad and, and happy. But also, this is a verse that I have um, clung to even as a child. And it is found in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, if we unpack that for a minute, we find that it's a very simple verse with a very strong meaning. First of all, we have to recognize that Paul wrote this as a prisoner. He wasn't writing this when life was great. Everything's good. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. No, he was a prisoner. His ministry, for all practical purposes, he felt like had stopped, was sunk right there as he was a prisoner. And yet, and yet, he was able to write to the persecuted church, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He used the word always. It didn't say rejoice in the Lord sometimes. So there must be something to being able to rejoice always. But then I want you to notice that it says rejoice in the Lord always. We can't always take joy in our circumstances. We're not asked to be Pollyanna's la-la-la, oh, this is great, even though our life is crumbling around us. That's not, what, that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord always. When we turn our eyes upward, when we are able to see the Lord in our circumstances, when we are able to look to the Lord and say, Lord, you are above my circumstances. You know exactly what's going on. God, you are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. And you are the God who is walking with me through my darkest valleys. 
You see, that's where joy really comes from, is knowing that he is with us through our challenges, through our grief and pain, through our hardest moments, that he has not left us. Sometimes he brings people to surround us to to increase that joy, but he is our greater joy. I think about what Nehemiah said, another short verse to memorize, by the way, The joy of the Lord is my strength. Have you ever thought that God is a God of joy? That one of the fruits of his spirit is joy. The essence of who he is, is love, joy, peace. He is joy and his joy is our strength. He gives us strength through our darkest moments. He's the one who gives us that joy. So Paul could write to the hurting Christians, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice, I will say it again. Now one last thing I want you to think about as we talked about that wellspring. I live in North Dallas in an area near Frankfurt and Campbell or Frankfurt and and the Tollway. And I just found out recently that that Frankfurt area is a historic spot that that settlers used to gathered in what was known as the little town of Frankfurt. It was discovered that that the wagon trains would would gather around, and one of the reasons they met there is because there was what's called an eternal spring, a spring that just keeps flowing and flowing. But that spring had been hidden for a long time, and they just recently uncovered it. It, it had been covered with um, cement and, and years of dust. And, and as, they, as they did the research and they found that this wellspring actually existed, they had a gathering and they decided to uncover it. And so they removed the cement. It was a very tedious process. They moved, removed the cement that was covering this eternal spring. And it took a little bit, it took a little bit of time, but, but then, the, then all of a sudden the water started gurgling and gushing and coming forward. And I thought, oh, isn't that a picture? Doesn't the Lord always give us pictures in nature of, of pictures in, in life, of, of what life is like? And I, I think about the wellspring of joy that God gives to believers Because when we trust in him, when we place our faith in him, he gives us his spirit. His spirit comes to live within us and the fruit of his spirit is love, joy, peace. But sometimes things tend to cover up that joy. Life, circumstances, sometimes sin, sometimes different difficulties in life can cover up that joy, sometimes can even seemingly plug up that eternal spring, and we don't see it. And so often we have to recognize that there's some things that we maybe need to to move and things that we need to examine, life circumstances that we need to, to recognize that are hard. Maybe we need to even grieve properly, something that has been a hard loss in our lives. 
But soon that eternal spring that never goes away, it begins to flow again. And how does it begin to flow? I believe, I believe one of the ways that that spring begins to flow again is as we take joy in the Lord, as we actively rejoice in the Lord. We did that this morning as we worshiped, as we sang worship and praise. But, but I want you to think and, and stop right there because I, I know that some of you are thinking, well, I just don't, I don't like to sing worship songs. Or I'm, not, I'm not into all that. You can still rejoice in the Lord. It's not all about just singing, although that is some of it. But rejoicing in the Lord is turning our thoughts upward. Turning our minds upward and saying, I believe in a God who is bigger than this. I believe in the hope that he brings. I believe in the peace that he brings into my heart. I believe that he can work through this circumstance to bring something good even out of this difficulty. I believe I'm rejoicing, not in this, but I'm rejoicing in him. I'm turning my heart upward. I'm turning my mind upward. And that's why I believe that in this same passage, Paul not only said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. But he said, don't be anxious for anything. But in everything with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, turn your request over to God. Pray about everything. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Paul didn't stop there. He said, finally, whatever is true, whatever is, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of excellent or praiseworthy, think, think on these things. Our thoughts are what help our emotions change. But it begins with our thoughts. Turn your thoughts toward rejoicing in the Lord. Take joy in Him. Uncover that wellspring that is within you and allow it to flow because of who He is, not because of what you are going through. And remember, He is always with you. Yeah, thank you. I think when I hear Carol, it strikes me that that takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of time and focus. And a lot of us have maybe some bad habits we have to break in our thinking or our usual negativity or things like that. And so, Ginger, we've talked a little bit. You've been through a lot of seasons in your life. You and Mark are so kind to share some of your journey with us up and down. So I just wondered if you would share a little bit maybe about some like real practical things that you do to help you find joy in all kinds of different situations. Definitely, yes. I think it is a process. It is a choice. And uh, these are things that I'm going to share that work for me, Mark, and our family. But you have to find what works for you. And so just some practical things for um, just Mark and I as a couple. You know, we don't always do this, but there are times where we dedicate our mornings. Um, we get up just a little bit earlier so we can have time together. 
We've done uh, times where we've, we've re uh, read a book together and we've discussed it, had some hard conversations. Sometimes we'll pick a book of the Bible and, and while I'm doing breakfast and coffee, Mark's reading. Uh, sometimes we'll switch, he'll do breakfast and coffee and I'll read. And so just trying to find something that works, um, that you just have intentional time. And also just um, having time for yourself. Um, I know for me, I'm always, I have a servant's heart, so I'm always serving others, but you have to kind of step back and make sure you're filling your tank and you're getting uh, fed as well. And so I try to, on my commute to work, which is about a 35 minute drive, um, I've got a variety of songs on my playlist. Some of them are my choosing, some of them are my kids. But I just kind of flip through about probably 50, 60 songs on my way to work every morning. And I come across one, whether it's George Strait, Alabama, or Hillsong or something, and I crank it up as loud as I can stand it. And it brings me, you know, kind of a little bit of a joy and kind of puts me in the mood to just, you know, get through the traffic on the tollway. Um, and so that's something I enjoy. Um, we also just, as we're going through different seasons in our life um, with our kids or just, you know, things that we are dealing with, um, we look for resources, we look for experts, we look for things that, whether it's a book or a podcast, people, um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to Carol when I found out that she lived in Dallas and I was like, oh my goodness, she's like right here in our backyard. And I thought, you know, she's, I mean, she's famous and like, I, there's no way I would ever meet her in person. And I reached out to her shortly after we moved here last year and said, hey, I would just love to meet you and tell you how much influence you've had on my life over the years. And she, she so graciously said, absolutely. And so we've met several times and have made some great connections. So, you know, just finding, you know, someone that you really admire or want to, to follow after uh, and reach out to them because you never know where it can lead. And then also just finding in yourself what, what drives you, what is a passion, um, what is something that God has given you. And it took me a while to discover this, but several years ago, uh, I was at a point in my life thinking, I don't know what to do, you know, that, that fuels me anymore. I need something that I can kind of fall back on, that I can get filled with, but I can also serve others and be generous towards others. And God had always laid on my heart a passion for quilting or sewing. And I kind of got intimidated by that, that passion. And I was like, I've seen quilts and there's no way I can pull that off. That's just for those people that really know how to do it. And I just, I just can't, I just don't see myself doing it. And there was a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna learn how to do this. And because I kind of conquered my fear and figured it out, I have discovered a passion that I absolutely love, and uh, I get to create things and give things away to people, um, and that brings me joy. And so just finding something that maybe um, fuels your joy and, and figure out how to, how to do that. And then a couple other things, just in ministry in, in general with... Um, you know, we've been basically in ministry all our lives, whether it's we both grew up in church, um, you know, Mark's been on staff in a variety of roles and now as a senior pastor. And so obviously uh, we've, we've been through a lot and how we try to choose joy or find joy in ministry 
is really just learn about other people, make it about other people. We are curious, and this is a learned thing for me. Mark is, kind of has this natural gift of, if you've ever talked to him for more than like 30 seconds, you know the first thing he asks is, tell me your story, uh, tell me more about you. And so, you know, we want to hear your story, and we want to encourage you, we want to learn from you. It's amazing what you learned from people when they start opening up and tell, telling them uh, your story. And so just being curious and, and kind of we've tried to instill that in our kids. Like when you meet someone new, you know, a lot of times it's the general conversation. Well, how are you? Oh, good. How are you? Great. How was your day? Great. And then, but you need to go a little step further and say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And I don't know where he got this example, but it's kind of what we say past the tennis ball. So, you know, everybody likes to hold the tennis ball and talk about you. And you could talk about you all day long, but it's when you pass the tennis ball to somebody else or throw it and say, well, tell me about how you feel about that. And so that's a practical thing that we've tried to tell the kids just to get the focus off of you and be curious about others. And then just celebrate with others, mourn with others, grieve with others, uh, be excited for what they get to do. And just be generous. You know, when if you're, you're solely focused on what I can get out of any situation, it gets kind of ucky after a while. You just feel not so good. But if you have a heart of generosity and service and just putting yourself, say, how can I serve you? To me, that, that's the joy that Carol talked about. That's inside of each and every one of us. And whatever the circumstance is, when you actually get to serve someone else, whether it's through a conversation, whether it's through a meal, whether it's through a hug, whether through it's a smile or something you've spent hours making or um, you know, going out of your way to be generous, that's where the true joy is. And every one of us has that in here. So that's not you know, gift you know, for certain people, but everyone has that. So that's kind of how we try to do uh, in ministry and life. And it kind of just rolls into one. I love that. I think... Um, we are all at our heart selfish. You know, we want to think about me and what's going on with me. And that can be a really hard habit to break. And Carol, you shared something with me that is a very practical way to help us take our eyes off of ourselves. Would you tell us about that a little bit? I've made it a daily practice when I have that first cup of coffee in the morning to, um, write down at least five things I'm thankful for. And making it a daily practice helps me to be um, specific about what I've seen over the last 24 hours. Where is God working? I also thank the Lord for things that um, are difficult. And where, how do I see God working in this difficulty? I also add something about my husband in there each time, you know, uh, what, what can I thank the Lord about my husband today? It's always good to turn our eyes uh, in the, toward, the, toward the positive and in the people in our lives. So I want to encourage you that that is a daily practice that really helps is to look for where God is working and be thankful. It's a game changer. It's a game changer for your attitude. Studies have been done on people who have gone through um, trauma, and we all have heard of post-traumatic stress disorder, but now there's a study that's being done called PTG, post-traumatic growth. Why is it that some people thrive after a trauma, 
What is the, what, what is it? Because psychologists started noticing that there are certain people that they call thrivers that literally get better after a trauma. And so they began looking, what are the common, what are the common characteristics? The first thing they noticed is that they grieved well. They didn't ignore the grief. They felt it deeply and they grieved the loss. They grieved whatever happened. But then what they noticed is that they would turn and start looking at, given my new set of circumstances, how can I make the best of it? Of course, they uh, noticed, they, this is a secular study, but they did notice that faith was a, common, a, common, a commonality in, in these thrivers, but also a, a heart of thankfulness, that they recognized that they were thinking, thinking about what their blessings were despite the loss. They also noticed that the people, uh, it, these thrivers started thinking about how, because of my loss, how can I bless others? Always thinking outward of how can I reach out to others? So uh, as a fellow PTGer, um, I, I realized that daily thankfulness is a huge part of turning the corner, of recognizing that God has not left me. Look at what he's done. But we have to be deliberate about it. We can't just go, ah, oh, la, 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 I'm sure he's doing something. No, we really do have to be deliberate about writing it down, thinking it through. Look, here's where God is at work, and I see it. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Um, and so we really actually took that to heart. So today, on your way out of the service, for all the ladies that are here today, we have a thankful this journal for you to take home because we really do want you to take something from today and put it into practice. Um, you know, we are all here today because of our mother. Some of us are here with a mother who loved us and encouraged us and supported us. And some of you are here today and that's not your story. Maybe your mother inflicted pain into your life. But what I can sit here and say today is that we are here and there is a loving heavenly father who despite your past and your circumstance has his arms wide open to welcome you into his family. I want to share um, this scripture. Most of you, if you've been in church, you're familiar with it from John 3. For God so loved the world and I actually came across some translations, and um, they say, in this way, God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And if you're here today, and you've heard us talking about following Christ in this wellspring, and you don't know really what we're talking about, then I want to invite you to welcome Jesus Christ as your Savior of your life. And you can do that through making a commitment today and recognizing your need for him as, as a Savior. It's a free gift and it's open to everyone. And we would love to meet with you and talk with you if that is something that you would like to do after the service. Behind the black curtains are people that will meet and pray with you and you can make a decision 
the most important decision of your life today to be welcomed into an eternal family. We have that choice to make. Uh, I wanted to read from you in 1 John 3, 1. He's writing to fellow believers and he's referencing back the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he says to them, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. There's no greater joy than becoming a part of that family. So I would just invite you today to consider that. And those of you that are already part of that family, I want to challenge you. As you leave here back to the real world, back to the circumstances of your life, to choose joy, to turn your thoughts on our God who does not fail and loves you no matter what. Would you pray with me? God, I am so thankful for an opportunity just to learn about how much love you have for us. We know that there are people in this room in so many stages of life, some on the mountaintop and some in the valley of death. God, thank you for meeting us there. We pray that as we leave here today that those of us that are followers of you, God, that we would experience your joy and that those around us would see that that is what's true in our lives as well. We thank you for your son and his sacrifice on the cross for us, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.